Hey, it's Marvin Musian. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. And you made me moan when you caused me to leave, child, my happy home. But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore. Clutch going on for episode 112. Definitely one of my favorite bands. Got to kick some ass. But yeah, we got episode 112 tonight. I am in the studio by myself once again. Thanks everybody for uh, coming in the studio, JT Cooley. Thanks, buddy. He had to work. J- TJ had to work. Got to suck. Anyway, uh, yeah, so episode 112, you know who we're brought to you by. You guys can probably recite all our sponsors by now Torque One Racing. For all kinds of parts, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals. Actually, no pegs anymore. Um, brake pedals and more. Johnny Torquin Racing has a passion for the racing industry. So follow them on Facebook, Instagram. When you need some hard parts, give them, uh, give them a shout out. And of course, Shock Socks, the original number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. MX Girl Designs for your graphics needs. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics for some Amsoil. Best oil on the market, fly racing, obviously the best gear in the market. The new Formula One helmet is out. You guys have been hearing about it. Thing kicks ass. is amazing. Top technology in the planet Earth. Think probably you probably wear that and go into space. I bet the I bet the uh, NASA. Um, damn, what are those guys called? They go into space. She's astronauts. They're probably wearing the formula. Uh, power band racing for your WP suspension needs. Extreme helmets, custom painting. And, of course, works, wheels, and mods for motor work and Cerakoting. So, yeah, man, we just came off Minneapolis, the frozen race. Everybody talked about how cold it was, but the racing was pretty good, uh, especially those LCQs, right? We know about all that. Um, so we're, we're trying to get TJ on the phone in a minute and see if we can talk a little bit about that. But uh, just want to give a shout-out to the guys coming up tonight. We've got TLD's Jordan Smith. Uh, Will Christian from NBC was supposed to be on the show. She had a family thing come up, so Tyler Entenapp is going to fill in. Privateer TJ Albright and former privateer Briar Perry with 180 decals. It's going to be a good show. We're going to knock this thing out. Um, we gave the Fly got Pro Zone goggles away. To We had a couple. We, we did the secret word. I hid the word formula inside the show somewhere. And we had a bunch of people enter that thing, gave some goggles away. Uh, no contest tonight, I don't think, unless I come up with something last minute. But uh, keep entering, man, because we we love giving that stuff away. We thank all our sponsors for offering stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stop this thing for just a second, see if I can get TJ on the phone, and we'll have a little little Minneapolis uh, recap before we get into Jordan Smith. Okay, got TJ DJ TJ on the phone. He's out in West Texas, just sitting around doing nothing. I'm sure. What's up, TJ? Oh, no, I've, I've picked up a new hobby because of fantasy going so bad. I've decided to just start watching basketball. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, 
I mean, the fact that you won our league, uh, JT's girlfriend got second and Doc got third. <laughs> Shows how bad you I guys are. I know why it was so cold there is because hell froze over. Just going to say. You say that every time hey. I win. So, like, I know. I mean, I don't, I I don't get it. But, you know, I, I win every once in a while. And, you know, had I had, uh, <laughs> had Pennington got in, man, I might have just set some records with scores. Well, I think I think half of the people yeah. probably would have done better if, if Pennington would have got in. What a great like like LCQ! Like those guys <laughs> were spending it, and even Carmichael was like, "I don't know why these guys are trying to kill each other yeah. in the first round." Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty wild. I I texted Lane Shaw afterwards. I was like, "Dude, are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> he got ran over like three times. I know, I know. Um, and, and you know what's funny is I, I almost picked him. For, I mean, fantasy has basically ruined the racing for me in a way because it's like I'm like, oh, I feel bad for Lane Shaw. Thank God I took him off my team. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. kind of one of those things. But uh, man, it's it's this season. It's going to be this. I mean, it's working out to be maybe one of the best seasons I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I mean, I really thought. Davalos was going to be up there. I was really expecting a win out of him, and then with him so far back, I think he could make a run to the front. But it could make it come down to point to like a like a another points battle for the 250 class in the East. Yeah, I think the showdowns are going to play a big part in this season for both cl- coasts. Man, this is the year that we really needed a lot of people to watch Supercross because, like I said, I, I seriously. I started watching basketball this week just because I kind of accidentally watched some of it, and it's fun, and I don't know another team. But the action-packed game has got me, like, enjoying watching it. Hmm. And I think if we could just get rando people to watch what's going on in Supercross right now, I think it could really draw people in. Yeah. Well, what do you think uh, overall? I mean, um, you know, Eli didn't win, obviously. He uh, didn't have a great night, oh. but he's still third in points and only a couple points back. Cooper Webb wins again. I think I think what we saw at the front was kind of what happened with Eli. He just hard to get around people unless yep. you were a lot faster than them and were able to bully them around a little bit. It was really the only way you were going to make a pass. Yeah, um, I don't think that that was the track design's fault. I don't. I just think some tracks and some races run that way. As uh, soft as the as the dirt was, there was. N- it was like there were some good lines, and like even the whoops. If if you could get on top of the whoops, it was fast. But then once the middle broke down, you're kind of stuck going to the middle because it was so much faster. Right. Yeah, I didn't um, love the track this week. I mean, it was it was my least favorite track of the season. I'd say even with the the sloppy conditions at some of the others. Oh really? Yeah. Um, it wasn't anything special. It didn't stand out. I don't think it. Like I said, it just didn't work out. Hey, man, can you imagine having to be in charge of designing a new track every week for multiple years? No. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I saw Daytona's track. That's going to be an interesting track coming up. But I kind of I don't look um, at the track maps very often because I like to be surprised. Yeah. So you were not you were you were let down with your surprise this week. Yeah, I just I watched in practice and I was like, yeah, it's kind of it just seemed kind of boring. Like there wasn't anything where there weren't a lot of options. Right. Yeah, there was a fast line, and that was about it. Um, there was a couple guys trying, a, like, a couple different rhythms. Yeah. But really and truly, I mean, when you get a track like that, once they figure out the the consistent fast line, that's what everybody's going to take. It has to do with, I'm not blaming it, but it has to do with the dark fish and the, 
yeah, yeah. and the lit throws all the and technology. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know what you would do like as a track designer to get away from that. Uh, you'd have to start putting in loop to loops, rings of fire, gator pits, <laughs> um, maybe like uh, some sci-fi stuff where, like, if you hit the you know the, the the exact right line, you like disappear for five seconds. What about changing a section, like literally making changes after practice? No, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Because why? I don't know why. I just don't. <laughs> because. Because then think about it. Cause these guys dial the track in during practice. They use all this technology to get the exact perfect line. Right. And then, you know, I mean, like throw a wall in during this one section or just change, <laughs> like make the rhythm change up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how about like randomly we, we made like we did the briefcase arena cross thing and you draw and <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Tonight we're running it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said that about NASCAR. It would make NASCAR interesting, but go right. I think it'll work for us. Yeah. Um, no, it was good, man. I, I'm excited for this season. It it, it is. A, what do you say? I mean, our points leader has not won a race yet. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, I love it, man. Everybody's close. It's gonna. It. I. I hope it stays this way. I mean, where every week you're just like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? So. Tomac said he admitted that he was hurt. He finally admitted it. Yeah. It came out. Um, and he said because he's 100%, but then comes out and gets worked this weekend. I'm not, I mean, there's no two ways about it. He just, like, he wasn't fast. He wasn't fast enough to get around some of the guys because of it being such a one line track. I mean, is he, is he out of this, do you think? No. I mean, do you, he's only like two points out. Hold on. Hold on. What I mean by that is. Shouldn't somebody who's going to win this? I mean, don't, I mean, you're going to have to get good starts all the time. That's why Webb is up there and winning races. You're going to Joey, uh, you know, was up there. These guys, but he can't be consistent. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, Roxon has consistently started towards the front. Yeah, he's consistently been there. I mean, I, I think this is. Yeah, Eli's like, going to Eli's going to click off two or three wins in a row at some point, and. I talked to Brian Kranz last night, did a podium with him, and, he's, you know, of course, he's the mechanic, but he's like, yeah, they're coming, and I told him, yeah. that I picked Eli in Rocky Mountain Fantasy, where you just picked, you know, the top five or whatever, mm-hmm. and I picked mm-hmm. Eli to win every week, so he, he told me, he said, well, don't pick him this week, let's see what happens, so I'm, I'm going to drop, <laughs> e- I'm gonna drop Eli off, and, like, to third, and we'll see what happens. Well, he just, like... Like I think that he's obviously one of the fastest riders in the world, and I think that I mean, but I'm just saying that our the way this year's shaping out with so many different winners, with so many different stuff that everybody's like, oh no, after round two or three, it's going to start leveling out, and blah blah blah. Right. And I get it. We, but I mean, could you win a championship being this inconsistent? That's what I'm getting at. Like it's, I just don't well, see it being possible. I mean, yeah, if everybody else is also inconsistent, you know, if if Kenny yeah. stays in the top three every week, then yes, he may he may be able to win it that way. But I, I think Cooper's going to have another bad race at some point. You know, Blake's probably going to get another, you know, two, Jesus, top two. I know. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's hard to say. I think everybody's going to be inconsistent this year, it looks like. Blake wrecked and said, I'm out. I just walked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried to, we had a guest, um, cancel today. Will Christian had to cancel. So I started trying to fill in and I, I texted Keely 
She said, "Yeah, Blake's still too sore. He doesn't want to do anything this week, so he's yeah, he's going to talk when you're sore." Yeah, he's going to come on next week, and I hit up Christian Craig, and he's like, "Man, I'm not in the mood this week. Let's do it in a couple of weeks." <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah, no, I'm so bummed for him being hurt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like this is their season. The 250 season is so short. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I, don't I don't think don't he ex- he didn't have high expectations anyway. He knew he was going to struggle the first two or three weeks. Yeah, so but I'm just saying, like you can't do it's almost like you can't do that in the 250 class. You right. have to get out and get out early. Austin Fortner looked like the same old Austin Fortner in practice. Yep, having some issues yep. coming up short, clipping things, overriding. But Jesus, he put it together in the main. I don't know if it's just because he was up front and was able just to calm down, but. Man, he's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, we'll we'll see what it we'll see when he gets a bad start or when there's somebody right there challenging him how he handles it. That's going to be where the test yeah. comes in. But how about the uh, the 450 LCQ, dude? I was like on, I was screaming at the TV for Tyler Antignat, man. I was like, come on, he's so close. I was like, like it was good, but I think it was since the 250 was so amazing. Oh, yeah. I think it took away from it. But um, Tyler was. He was close, dude. I'm expect. Yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't had. I don't think either one of them, the brothers, have been in the main yet, right? Uh, I thought Adam made one, but maybe not. I I don't even know for sure. Maybe Adam. I think Adam may have made one. Yeah, that's what I think he made one. I don't remember which one. Yeah, but, but yeah. Tyler yeah, obviously like, hasn't, but. Yeah, yeah. He's he's right there. He'll. Yeah. There's no. There's. And he's gonna make a main and then get that monkey off his back, and then I think. After you do that, you start pressuring yourself so much, and mm-hmm. we could hope for uh, well, more out of it. You he's he's going to be on tonight. He he's filling in for Will, and and uh, we're we're going to get him a win at Dallas this weekend. Well, we're I'm I'm picking him for the main this coming up weekend. There's no way I'm not. Yeah, that's what I mean. After how good he rode. Yeah, he we're we're we're, so, gonna, we're getting him in the main at Dallas. Stamp it. Heck yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, man. I'm going to let you go here in a second. I got Jordan Smith on here in just a few minutes, and we'll, right. we'll try to get this show knocked out. Sounds good, brother. All right, TJ, when are you back in studio? Um, As of right now, it'll be after the first. The weekend after the first, I should be home. I got I don't think I'm here for the whole rest of the month is what it looks like right now, Jeez. but, I mean, you know how things change. Yeah. I keep getting people asking well, about if I was going to do the YouTube stream, and I'm like, I'm not doing it when I'm here by myself. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we'll do. It. Yeah, good. You got to have my beautiful face to get people to watch. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. I'll see you. I'll talk to you later. Later. Right, bye. All right, DJ TJ. He'll be back in studio, like I said, when he can. Um, yeah, that that oil field life is not for me. Um, okay, take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Jordan Smith. Wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. All right, the first guest of the night on episode 112 is Troy Lee Designs, KTM number 28, Jordan Smith. What's up, Jordan? Uh, not much. Just uh, hanging out in the house. Just got done with a little dinner. Right on. You get thawed out from this weekend? <laughs> yeah, it was cold up there, but... Uh, it's nice and warm down here in Georgia. Right, right. Yeah, I was pretty glad that was not around that I made it to. I've never experienced negative weather, and I don't want to. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, I think I think that was my first time, uh, at least 
negative that much. I know that one one day we we were up there and in the in the hotel in the elevator it had like a little temperature gauge for outside. Yeah, we were at the elevator at negative eighteen. So Oof. that was uh. <laughs> We walked outside, it almost just took your breath away right away. Yeah, Daniel Blair was saying going from like the car to the stadium, it, it, like you just lose your breath. And you, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know what they're thinking having races up there at this time of the year. Yeah, no, I can't believe that anyone like chooses to live in a place like that. That's <laughs> right. just terrible. I, everyone that I talked to, they said that they like don't go outside at all. Like whenever it's like that, they just go from their house to their car to go to work and, and back. That's it. I I could just never live like that. No, your former teammate Alex uh, Alex Martin, yeah, he's, he grew up in that. Some of that. That's just I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Well, hey man, so round one of the East Coast is over. Um, pretty eventful night, but um, I mean, how you feel about you know c- coming off out out with you know second points? Um, certainly not a bad start. No, definitely not bad. I uh, I felt really good all day. Um, that was. In, in practice, I think I qualified fourth, and typically I'm not the, the best qualifier in practice anyways, and uh, I was only about half a second off, so I was really happy with that. I felt really good, uh, and my speed was a lot better than in years past in practice, so uh, I was really happy with that, and then going into the heat, uh, got a good start, got the whole shot, and then, uh, yeah, just rode a, rode a good heat race, and everything was all good. Seemed like the night was going good and uh, was going to go for the win. And then uh, after the sight lap in the in the main event, it just seemed like it was uh, it was trying trying everything going against me to to make it go wrong. But uh, we got it done and, and got second place, so it was good to to get out of there with that. That's always a uh, a good opening round. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a good start. Um, Let's talk about, you know, look, right right before the gate drops, you, you have to change your rear wheel. What does that do? I'm sure your heart rate jumps up, but, I mean, is there anything that you can take out of that's positive? Like maybe you, you didn't sit at the gate just having to sit there and think about the start so much. Did it did it help you at all? Um, I, I would definitely wouldn't say that it helped me. Uh, I, I'm pretty uh, set on my routine before okay. the starts. And yeah. I even get pretty, uh, like, mad if whoever's dropping the gate force in practice goes like doesn't give me enough time to do my routines i get uh kind of mad so okay um it definitely didn't help me but um at the same time it was like it was just kind of one of those things you just got to forget about as quick as it came and yeah. uh and just you have to focus on on the task at hand and that was over so um then it was just about you know trying to get a breath trying to bring that heart rate down and and focusing on uh, just getting out of the gate good and, and not causing a bigger problem out of that problem. Yeah. <laughs> did, Which did, my mechanic did a very good job of, too. Uh, I was watching my GoPro afterwards, and uh, and he's as soon as he kind of walked away, he's just like, he's like, take a breath, take a breath, just calm down, as he's, like, walking away, and the, the board was going sideways, basically. <laughs> so I didn't really have much time to do that, but... Um, the way he was trying, definitely trying to to calm me down and, and get me focused. Yeah, does the team, the mechanics, do they practice like wheel changes or anything like that, just in case of that situation? Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Um, whenever, so I have a house here in Georgia uh, near MTS, and um, we were bored one night uh, last last year. I can't remember if it was during the season or if it was in the off season or what it was. Uh, but we were bored one night. 
and I was in there um, uh, watching my practice mechanic do some bike work, and I was like, I bet I could change the wheel a little faster than you can. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. So we spent like two hours changing wheels, and uh, I ended up getting a faster time than them. Wow. I thought, that I, was, like, I thought I did it pretty, like, really fast. And uh, so I, I thought that I had probably done it faster than what Christian did. Yeah. So um, I, I like, texted him. I'm like, hey, try and tr- time yourself, see how fast you can do a real world change. Like, see see what your time is. He's like, oh, we've already done it. And he told me his time, and it was like, I don't know, it was like, under 30 seconds, I think. And mine was like 40, 42 seconds or 42 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And so I was like, man, like, how is that even possible? Like, I felt like I was missing but that obviously that is something that they have practiced and just in case of situations like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it worked out because you, you needed it. And, uh, yeah, you sound like you got a little cough, man. Did you get a little sick this weekend? Uh, no, nah, it was actually before the weekend. Um, it was last, uh, last week, actually, like on the, I went to San Diego mm-hmm. and it was, uh, on the way home from San Diego. I started feeling a little down and mm. on Monday I got, I got really sick and Monday and Tuesday was pretty bad. And, That's right. You uh, told me that. Really, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really start feeling better until, uh, until Saturday. Actually, I felt pretty bad even on Friday for the rest day. I think with all the cold, it kind of started making me feel bad again. So sure. now I feel good now and just, uh, got a little cough, a little congestion and just trying to get rid of that right on well i'll tell you coming into the east kicking off we did a little preview show last week and me and this during the day some of my buddies were talking about it you know who we think's gonna win and um you know i, I i'm gonna be honest while i was talking to my buddies last week i i, I picked somebody else to win not this, <laughs> the 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 series you know but then i started yeah. looking at the results over the last couple of years and i go man I forgot how damn good Jordan has finished. Like you were so close a couple years in a row. And I went back and watched a couple of races and I changed my pick, man. So you, you are my, okay. you are my championship pick. And this was, All right. this is before this weekend, but I think people forget how damn good you've been. I mean, second, what second last year. And I believe third in 17. Yeah, I think seventeen. I think I ended up fourth overall, but okay. I had the point slate going into the, yes. Yeah. So, fourth. That's um, right. I mean, it was it was really close, especially between um, Osborne, Savachi, and myself. We were all uh, one point apart. I had the lead, and there was Hyde. Um, and then I obviously had a big crash and uh, DNF, and that allowed uh, AC actually won the race. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so he ended up passing the endpoints there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, I feel like a lot of times I don't get enough credit for. Um, how close I have been and, and getting three wins, you know, that's uh, the only person that coming into the season to have more wins than that um, in the class was, was Davos, you know, so um, uh, that I had a really good off season and, and that's one thing too with uh, like the last couple of years, with, especially last year, I had a really good season and, and I was only, I think, um, I think eight points behind Osborne at the end of the season, but it took me um, a few rounds to kind of get going. Just I had taken the whole summer off before that because I was hurt during outdoors. Right. So I didn't race at all, and I I didn't even ride all summer. And then I rode for one month, and then uh, and then I broke my ankle, so I had to take another two months off. And I didn't even start riding until um, after Christmas. Um, 
going into the season last year. Mm-hmm. So I was like really playing catch up all all year, and I felt like I was getting better and better. Um, I was I I started the season with two six, so I was already down like fifteen points from Osborne, and, and I I kind of came back and, and made it a little bit interesting at the end at least. But right. um, but I felt like this year uh, I had a really good off season and, and no setbacks and, and, or anything and. Uh, we did a lot of work with the team and just trying to get a bike job in and everything. And I felt really good. And, you know, like this weekend, sitting on the starting line, that was the most confident I've ever felt uh, as, a, as a pro. So awesome. uh, that was a good feeling and, and just, uh, yeah, ready to get into the mix of the season. Yeah, definitely. Does does it bother you at all when you're, when you're overlooked a little bit or does, does that – you know, feed your drive to win. Does it, does it do anything at all? Do you, you even consider it? Um, a, a little bit, uh, I'm not gonna lie, a little bit. I mean, it's like one of those things that it's like, uh, well, you know, like I just have to prove myself and, and, you know, then I'll get the recognition of being one of the guys. And then it's like, yeah. I win a couple of races and it still seems like sometimes I don't maybe get the recognition, but, um, I think that, now you know I'm getting the recognition that I deserve, and uh, I'll just keep keep doing the best I can, and measure. I keep getting that, you know, just put right. myself there and put myself in contention, and um, and you know, it's this weekend. I think uh, I I rode really good. De- um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I felt I felt very uh, happy with how I rode, um, and but there's a lot of fast guys on on the East Coast and 55 in general. So um, it's never good enough, you know. I mean, right. As good as I rode, Fortner rode better than I did, you know. So um, come back to the to MCF and just keep working during the week and, and keep trying to get better. Yeah, and that's all you can do. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you too long. I know you're not feeling good. I've got a few more questions for you. Um, so during that main event, besides the, the tire change at the beginning, you you had a little uh, the washout there when you went high in that berm that was pretty loose. Um, which how, how about that? Is that a panic moment or just under control? Pick the bike up. Let's get going again. Yeah, it, it wasn't too much of a panic. Um, I mean, I was I was bummed, of yeah. course, uh, because I was I I felt like uh, I I really liked that track and I felt really good on it and I felt like I could uh, make a push towards Fortner as the moto got 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 a little bit later on in the sure. um and and then to do that it was like kind of well that that kind of goes out of the window you know and now <laughs> you're just trying to um see if you can get back up in front of in front of uh smart or you know and obvious i didn't and uh cooper got around as well so uh then it was kind of just all right get get try and get back into set you know, there's a lot of things that have went against you tonight. So just try and get back in the second and and get the good points and, and get out of there. And then also you had the run in with your your teammate, the rookie uh, Mitchell Falk. Um, <laughs> yep. I kind of watched that back. It looked like he drifted over to the right a little bit. Uh, probably didn't realize you were there. Um, surely you're. I'm sure you weren't too. You know, you weren't angry because he didn't clean you out. But did you guys even discuss it? No, yeah, whenever I got back, he was, like, pretty uh, worried. It seemed like that I was going to be mad or something. But I was like, it's whatever. It's just a, a racing incident. Yeah. You know, I went back and watched it. And uh, I, I honestly, it was just as much my fault as it was his fault. And uh, whenever I, I watched it, 
he had, like on TV, it didn't really show too well, but he had almost crashed in the beginning of the rhythm, and he had to start out rolling the rhythm. Ah. So I didn't didn't expect him to triple that. I expected him to just double, double into the corner. Mm -hmm. So whenever I tripled it, I I started veering over towards the inside to get, like, just for the line to that triple. And whenever I did, he veered a little bit outside to kind of open up the turn. And, and, you know, it was just a race incident. We just hit, and luckily I wasn't the one that went down there. So, yeah, right, uh, for sure. So that was yeah. Um, so this weekend at Dallas, you know, like everybody talks about the East Coast being ruddy and, uh, you know, usually more moisture. Dallas is usually like concrete, it seems like, dry and slick. Um, do, you, do you do okay on that? How do you feel? I mean, is that something you're confident in riding on? Yeah, um, I, I, back in the day, I would say not so much, but I've spent enough time in California now um, that it's not really a big deal to me. Uh, and actually, uh, our track here in CF is, is really soft most of the time, mm-hmm. and it gets really rutted. So I'm um, pretty like, used to the soft and rutted conditions, but this week, um, the, the track guys actually, uh, they left it a little bit more hard. They didn't use the dozer, so... Uh, they left a little bit more hard, and it was actually um, really good conditions to kind of practice for that, and just to get used to it. You know, just whenever you're so used to the, to the soft stuff, it's getting used to the hard stuff, sure. and, and how your suspension and bike and tires are going to react to. Right on. Well, and we got you got some showdowns coming up. Um, I I really feel like the showdowns are going to play a big part in both coasts championships. Everything's so close out west. Yeah. By the time you get to the first showdown, the, the point should still be pretty tight in the East Coast. Do you like having those thrown in there? Um, does it? What does it add to your your you know your stress levels or your enjoyment? Either way, what do you think about them? Uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Just um, you know, there's always that the fans or, or whoever always kind of um, always oh, East Coast faster, West Coast faster, and. And now we get to, you know, line it up for two races of the year and, and go battle and mm-hmm. and that's always that's always fun, you know. To to have more guys on the gate and it definitely does add a little stress level just because of the um the the amount of you know, uh the points change that it could bring. Yeah. Uh, compared to a normal night, you know, where you might have a, a good race for that start in the East-West shootout. You might get eighth, ninth, you know, something like that, where uh, with only the one coast, you have a, a good race for the bad start. You might get fourth or fifth, you know, so it's not going to be that big of a point swing. Um, so uh, it definitely does add a little bit more stress to it as far as that goes. But, uh, but it's, it's not it, – I, I do enjoy it. I do. I, I enjoyed it last year, and I'm uh, looking forward to it again this year. Absolutely. I, I, they're definitely fun to watch. Um, so last thing before I let you go, uh, Pulp Fantasy, man. Um, you, you're a fantasy guy, right? But you're out, You're bailing yeah. on it for a little while right now? Yeah. I uh, I wanted to keep playing, but I figured I should probably throw this on the race. Uh, <laughs> so I, I actually let uh, my, my trainer, he plays as well, and yeah. uh, I just let him take my team we kind of had two teams and he didn't do very good for me so uh <laughs> i wasn't very pumped I, I actually did i didn't even really think about it too much until after the race and right we were sitting there uh in the press conference and uh steve mathis was sitting there he's like so you really didn't play i'm like well 
I had a team. I didn't pick it, but I had a team. He's like, well, where'd you get it? I was like, I don't know. Let me look at it. So, uh, and, and looked at it. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best thing for Polk. I think it was actually my lowest scoring weekend. Oh. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of bad at, yeah. at Bryant for that one. But, uh, oh, well, it, it happens. So, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to play, though. Like, yeah. Makes uh, the racing a little bit more interesting, especially whenever, you know, you – you're watching the racing from home, and uh, it's like after the heat races, you're like, all right, well, let's get these LCQs over with. But yeah. now it's like you're excited to watch the LCQs. You got, you've got your guys that need to get in there, you know? So that's, yeah, definitely. That's always kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm always kind of like going back and forth, see where my guys are. And yeah, I got, yeah. I think I got like 238 this weekend. That was with seven. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. You know, Pennington didn't make it in. That was, but I think almost everybody picked Pennington. So. It, it, yep. did, it didn't hurt me too bad, but yeah, man, it's a lot of fun, and I just, yeah, you, man, just keep playing. Don't worry about it. Just got to, you got to pick your own yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to like have to pick myself. Yeah, and, and I just don't want to do that. And so, like this weekend, I, I looked, and and Brian did pick me, so I'm like, well, <laughs> at least, at least my trainer was confident. In me, right, you know? so, I, I had you this last weekend too, so thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I. uh it, it could have been bad for all of us, but, but I pulled through somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jordan, I'm going to let you get some rest, man. Um, I'll see you this weekend in Dallas. Thank you for coming on tonight. Okay. And, um, hey, man, we'll, uh, I'll come see you at the TLD tent this weekend. All right. Sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for having me on. All right, Jordan. Thanks, bud. Have a good night. All right. You too. All right, see you. Bye. Jordan Smith, TLD, KTM. Yeah, if you guys are going to be at uh, – if anyone of you guys listening are going to be at Arlington this weekend. Just hit me up. Come find me. Um, we'll be out there. I know Craig Martin, our, our WPS rep, is going to be there. He's going to be working at the fly tent. So go by and see him. Uh, I think Hal Simpson's coming up. So a lot of a lot of us, you know, Moto X Pod and Pulp MX Jerkies will be there hanging out. So we'll see you then. Going to take a quick break. Be back with our next guest. Hey, this is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear Fly wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. 
Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472 or email Shar, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy. On Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Dark Side, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. The next guest of the night is brought to you by the best gear on planet Earth, Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor of Supercross. Riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, the Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw, and our next guest, Tyler Internap, all wear Fly Racing, and so should you. And with the new Formula Helmet, 
like I said earlier in the show, it's the greatest technology in the history of the world for helmet for, for head protection. But anyway, Mr. Tyler Intonap, the Seven Deuce Trace, what's up? What's up? And like you said, they got the new fly racing helmet coming out to the public March 19th. So you better be ready. Dude, I'm ready. I got my order in already. Dude, the helmet's sick. Yeah, I, I've I got the C one a long a while back, but I I still haven't had one in my head yet. But I'm excited. Yeah, no, I uh, I've been wearing. I wore it. I actually wore it for the first time this last weekend. I got it in San Diego, actually. Okay. And I decided not to wear it just because, like, in like past when you do those type of mud races, you basically throw away everything after yeah so i was like ah, i'm just gonna keep it brand new go to a dome there you go have good dirt and i'll have a brand new helmet when i go eat those well so next before i ask you how you liked it next time you have one of those mud races and you need to throw a bunch of stuff away hit your boy <laughs> up because i'm st- i know i'm still waiting on that 723 jersey i'm actually if i remind myself to Bring one this weekend. You'll see it this weekend. All right. Well, what day do you leave? I'll text you. I need, You need to remind me tomorrow afternoon because I'm going to drive down Thursday night. Yeah. And going to do like a little early Valentine's there Day. There you go. And then, and then leave Thursday morning. Yeah, boy. That's that's what you got. I got to take care of her first because I know she, she wasn't there this weekend. She said she's not going to make Dallas. She's got a family thing. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, her and I, I texted her about the same time I texted you Saturday night when I was trying to get my heart rate down after that LCQ. Oh, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's just uh-huh. jump right into that, man. I mean, look, how, how big did your eyes get on that last lap when you were you were so close? Yeah, like honestly, like I was, I knew I was in fifth the whole time and I was trying and I was like, I only need to make one more spot to make my first main event. I only need to make one more spot before my first main event. And I was just kind of like repeating. And like, it was like making me like ride like tighter. Okay. And you know, I made a little mistake and then I kind of got a little frustrated. And then I was trying and it just wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't, if I were to just rode like in front of me and just worried about catching the next guy and not making it, such a big deal as far as like it, it was the next main event or like that was going to be my first main event yeah if i didn't put that emphasis on it i think i would have definitely caught him and passed him i mean i passed Harmon and aj Conzero in my heat race so and you know Harmon won it right and you know i i just feel like i i was riding better than everybody in front of me but in that lcq race they you know they got the start of me and i made sure. too many mistakes so you so knowing that you were in fifth did not help the situation at all. No, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> like I was like I was like putting so much emphasis on like I need to get the guy in front yeah. of me. I was like trying to like push and then it kinda made me make a little bit more mistakes of like instead of just riding in front of me, you know? Well, but at least you know, man, it, it it's right there. It's 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 coming, it's within your grasp. I mean, um, what do you feel like you need to work on? Dude, I think 100% it just comes down to start. Like, I'm feeling like the past couple weekends I've been qualifying good. Um, I keep on getting better on track. I mm-hmm. keep on feeling 
you know, more and more comfortable with my bike and stuff. So now it's just coming down to start and putting myself into that situation every single race and every single time I'm out on the track. What do you feel like your aggression level is when you go into that first turn, uh, especially in the LCQ? Um, I had Clint on last night for an episode of the podium. We talked about it a little bit. He told yeah. you, hey, man, you need to get those elbows out. You need to push some guys around if you need to. Um, do you feel like you are not being aggressive enough, or when you're out there, do you feel like you are being aggressive? Mm, I think I need to take more opportunities that are in front of me in the first couple corners that I'm not taking. And that, I mean, that kind of, I need to be a little bit more aggressive and taking those shots instead of just trying to get through the next couple. Yeah. Know? Okay. How about, but uh, it's like, no, you know, Supercross is so hard in that aspect. He's like, yeah, you want to be more aggressive, but you also don't want to launch into someone <laughs> over a double or, you know, you think the guy in front of you is going to do the double and he doesn't and you end up all landing on him. It's like, it's like you got to weigh your options and you got to find the space, and that just comes down to you know better starts. If you're you know if you're in the top three or even you know if you get the whole shot, you ain't worried about that. You're just yep. trying to freaking go. Yeah, for sure. My buddy John Short, man, he struggles with starts, and I tell him every year, man, he he's he's shooting himself in the foot because he's yeah he's one of those guys in the 250 class that's probably top ten speed, but just gets terrible starts. And yeah, I mean, he, oh yeah, hundred percent. So, um, how about just sections of the track? What, like when I'm watching you, um, a couple weeks ago, they had the camera on you a whole bunch during race day live. And like, I'm watching you yeah. and, and I think I texted you, um, actually like, man, it's like it, entering the whoops. You like, you know, um, like there was a point where I felt like you were probably, I, you know, I, I'm one to talk. I have no, no ability whatsoever, but I didn't feel like uh-huh. you were entering the whoops that particular weekend fast enough. And, and is there anything like that that you feel like you still struggle with? Yeah, it, it it depends on each track. Okay. You know, in the Oakland round, in the Oakland round, I was I didn't think I was hitting the first set of whoops fast enough, but the second set of whoops, I felt like I had better. Okay. And then, and then like this last track, um, you do you know that little weird obstacle after the finish line where it was all like you like wheelied and then you kind of doubled off there and then you start that rhythm section. Yes. I felt like I was kind of um, not being aggressive enough right there and hitting that obstacle hard enough okay. to get over that clean, you know? So, that, you know, there's little bits in the track, and, like, I felt really good in the whoops all weekend, even from, like, skipping them in practice to jumping them in the race. And then, um, and then you know, a few corners here and there, but that's kind of normal. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to make this about your brother at all, but you know, he, he, he hasn't had a great year as far he hasn't, you no. know, he, I know he's not happy. Um, you know, what, what has he taken away from this season so far? Well, I think a lot of people honestly have totally forgot that he's still only four or five months out of a broken femur. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, as much as, he thinks he's ready, and as much as he thought he was going to be ready during the season, I mean, he put in a lot of work with me in the off-season as much as he could, but, you know, when you're off for, you know, three months of the whole entire off-season, and then you only get on the bike a month before A1, you know, that preparation is, you know, key to having success, and I think he's just struggling a little bit 
as far as like coping with not having the offseason he wanted mm-hmm. and then finding that balance of being too aggressive to, you know, racing and just racing in front of him. I, yeah, that, that makes sense. I didn't really, you're right. I didn't really think about him being that, that little time on the bike, you know, and then changing from a Honda, which, you know, still in my opinion is the best bike there yeah. is. Go well, I, no, I mean, I think Addy's, honestly, Addy's got that Suzuki pretty dodd. He's okay. really happy with his Olin suspension and the whole team and everything like that. So I wouldn't put anything on the bike. It's 100% Addy yeah. eventually and just, you know, him going on there doing it. And I, I 100% believe in Addy's ability. I just think he just needs to get that first one out of the, off his back and, you know, get that one going and then sure. he'll start flicking them off. Right on. Well, let's get back to, to the seven-deuce trace. Um, this week at Dallas, it's typically dry and slick. It's a hard-packed track. It's it's not your typical East Coast track. Um, more West Coast style. That's something that you ride a lot. Uh, do you like that better um, than the ruts? Uh, you know, I kind of – it depends on the day, honestly. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I like it all. You know, I was born and raised in California, so we – Everybody kind of knows if you've traveled around that we don't have the best dirt out here in California. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like it suits my style a little bit better as far as, like, slippery and shallow ruts and stuff. But I I thoroughly enjoy, like, the racing at Minneapolis and stuff. I thought it was a really good racetrack. With the it, just, it just makes you be a kind of different rider. you got to be a well-rounded rider. Right. In a super right on. Well, um, so I want to talk to you. Let's get back to that helmet for a minute. Um, you wore it this weekend for the first time. You know, what do you think about it as function, fit, comfort, um, you know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so the helmet, the new helmet fits, like, really well. Like, if you haven't, have you put one on yet? No, but I have wore the F2, and I've I heard it's a little bit similar to an Arai, the way it feels, but, but no, I haven't worn one yet. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of feels like an Arai, but not really. It's, it's a, it's a brand new helmet for sure. Yeah. And it, it like sinks your head into it, and it definitely swallows your whole dome good, and <laughs> fits you good. Nice. And then, um, I don't know, I feel like, Dude, I've been, I've worn so many helmets, or I mean, I haven't worn any helmets, but I've been wearing flat for so long. I, I, you know, I had no problem putting on that helmet and wearing it and didn't feel too different, but it definitely was a huge improvement on how it felt and the weight of it and everything. Yeah, that's what I hear. I can't, I can't wait to get my hands on one. So I I figure, you know, I'm just waiting for them to be available to the general public. So that yeah, I'm not big time like some of these other media guys that all they all got their helmets for free. So I gotta wait. But uh, <laughs> I'm hey, gonna, you'll get there. You'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get my hands on one real soon, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so let's talk about another gear thing. Um, why the chest pro on the outside, dude? Because do you see how big I am? There's no way <laughs> that I'm wearing the chest protector underneath my jersey. And looking like a freaking linebacker. Okay, okay, fair enough. I I wear the Come same. On. I wear that same Fly Rebel Chest Pro, but I I, I got to go under the jersey, man. I, I like I like my jersey to be seen. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it, bro. I keep it back <laughs> old school, and too like I don't have to take my nipples or worry about <laughs> shaping or anything like that when I 
you know, throw it on top. Gotcha. I, yeah, I wear like Under Armour under the, the under the chest pro, but I, I hear you. I was just busting your balls a little bit. Yeah, I know. So, um, had a chance to meet your uh, part-time mechanic Clint this uh, at, at A1, and then again at Glendale. Uh-huh. Um, really rad dude. Tell me a little bit about what it's like working with um, one of your buddies and him helping you out, and and what he does for moral support for you. Yeah, I mean one. I mean Clint runs London Mac. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, go check it out. He does definitely does everything from hanging out with me to um, mechanic stuff and how-to videos and everything like that. But uh, I've known Clint for about uh, I want to say three or four years now. Okay. And yeah, and you know we've created a really good relationship on and off the track. You know, just not it's he. I would say he's more of my friend than a mechanic. <laughs> and that's good. It's yeah, no, it's definitely good and. The conversation's good, you know, on the track. He knows how to relax me and, you know, definitely puts my mind at ease, you know, when I'm at the gate and knows exactly what to say, you know. And that just goes, I feel like to be a great mechanic or to have a mechanic that you want around all the time definitely has to, you know, do the bike work and then also you have to click with him very well. So, you know, we work as a unit. So I like it a lot. Um, I wish... Honestly, I had the funds to support his flights and everything mm-hmm. to fund the more races. But with the budget I have this year, I can, you know, I'm flying in races with the stuff up, but I can't be, I can't fly my mechanics to the races. No, I totally understand. It's, yeah, it's not, it gets expensive first. But you, you say, like, with the budget this year, you've got uh, the BWR engines team helping you out. Uh-huh. Uh, how, how has that relieved some of the stress and the, difficulties of getting to the races and race day in general yeah no the pwr racing with l-tech and moto expert and race tech and dirt tricks the therapies with clues ssi graphics they've been a huge part in just helping me out and you know um with the tr- bike travel and then brian white being on the rig all the time and making sure our stuff gets there we can like that dude does uh obscene amount of work like he tore down a 250 and rebuilt it freaking um thursday inside the truck in negative <laughs> 17 degree weather wow. to get it ready for freaking press day and he's been a huge part of the program and i've been on his motors for actually i just raced his motor this this first east coast round to make sure i had a fresh bike and i've been loving it and i'm really excited you know, for the rest of the year and making my first main event with them. Definitely. We're going to do that this weekend at Dallas. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So a couple more things before I let you go. Um, I also had the chance, the privilege of meeting your, your beautiful girlfriend, Mariana. Um, <laughs> yes. she's rad. And, uh, you know, how, how has she helps you out with being involved with the program? I know she's not there every day, but Having someone like that, you know, having a good relationship, as Kiefer says, you know, it it, it makes everything better. Yeah, no, uh, Kiefer always likes to say home life is key. And, you yeah. know, I 100% believe that. And, you know, I love Mariana to the bone. I mean, she's been awesome and a huge part of my program. And with having her, she just supports me on and off the track. And then when I'm with her, we can go do non-motocross things and kind of get away and take a break a hundred percent. And then, you know, she can, I can, 
you know, I can go to the beach with her and go fishing, and then I can take nice. her to the track. And, you know, she's a super trooper as far as, like, how my schedule is and flying back and forth. And then, you know, with her being in school and starting a new internship and then me traveling so much, she's been a big part of this being the anchor, you know, to my whole program. Fantastic, man. I'm happy for you, dude. I love I, I love the, the, the little bit of time I got to hang out with you guys and, um, man, it just, it makes me happy seeing your enjoyment. You know, you guys having a good time meeting Clint. It's, it's, it really is. Our sport is a family, man. And, and it just, yeah, it makes me happy, dude. And I, I can't wait to see you make your first main event. I hope it's this weekend at Dallas. Um, me too. Yeah. It's going to, well, I, I'm going to come, I'm going to bring you some luck, man. Cause I'm going to, it's Niners <laughs> nation. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to come up there. Oh, come on, <laughs> dude. Yeah. We, we had this talk being your chick man what is this raiders crap that's the wrong side of the bay bro dude don't even start with me we might be even playing the same stadium this year or yeah this year yeah you know that yeah because they don't have the 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 uh-huh. las vegas raiders stadium ready yeah no exactly and two it's all about the freaking silver and black no dude red and gold <laughs> red and gold five yeah. super bowls baby yeah, when was that? Back in like 1980. <laughs> well, most of them were back then. They did get one a few years ago. What six uh, six years ago? Seven? I don't even know. I lost track. Oh, with uh, was that the that was the 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl? Yeah, no? in New Orleans. Yeah, when yeah. the power went out. Uh huh. Yep, yep. Yeah. They, they should have won that game, man. It kills me, but yeah, man. Niners Nation for life, baby. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I respect that. <laughs> I've been a fan since I was like nine years old. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And I'm old. Uh, well, that's solid. You guys, you guys, been, you guys, I, I respect the solid fan in the, um, what would you call it? Just, uh, you know, staying true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, like, living in Texas, it's difficult, especially in the 90s <laughs> when, when the Cowboys beat them up a few times. But, uh, oh, well, Tyler, man, hey, I'll see you this weekend. Um, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It's kind of last minute, and I appreciate you making some time for us. Hey, no problem. And then, too, for all your listeners out there, if you want to see a little bit more behind the scenes and follow my program, check out my YouTube channel. It's been doing pretty good. And then follow me on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. And how about the, uh, the collective experience? Are you still doing that? Yes, that is still open. And that actually helps me out a lot. I get around like, you know, 400 bucks every round when someone signs up with me. So please sign up, check it out. It'll be a good experience for all. Yeah, I believe it's, uh, I don't have it written down, but I believe it's the collective exp.com. Yeah. No, it's the the collective xp.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Drake's. Check them out. Follow that program on Instagram also. It helps these privateers out. Tyler, thank you, man. Hey, I appreciate it. All right, bud. I'll see you this weekend. Uh, All right, good, bro. See ya. Later. Cool. Tyler Nixon, another one of the privateers. You know, um, man, those guys make the world go around with his, with the sport. We love that, those guys, and uh, it's going to be fun when he makes that first one. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see his reaction. All right, take another break. Be back with uh, privateer TJ Albright. All right, we are back with our next guest of the night, who is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer or go to burnmotorsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well. 
Next guest is privateer number 241, TJ Albright. What's up, TJ? Oh, not too much. How are you? Doing good, man. Just uh, knocking out another show and rewatched the race last night. But uh, that was your first Supercross, right? Uh, yeah, actually, last year after I broke my leg, I did uh, the one in Foxborough. Okay. And I only had like a week and a half or two weeks on the bike. So then we kind of just did it. So then this year I kind of knew what it was like. I really shouldn't have been riding yet, but <laughs> we just went there and did it just so I'd have the experience. And then this one is actually like realistically my first, first one that I count. And, and what did you think about it? Oh, uh, it, it was something different for sure. Uh, the intensity is it's something else. I mean, I did the outdoors this past year, but you have 30 minutes of, you know, to get where you're supposed to be here at heat race. You got six minutes and then LCQ is five. So you yeah. really gotta, you gotta go. Not much time to figure it all out when you haven't had a lot of experience doing it. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So you qualified, uh, 28th, I believe, um, 15th in the LCQ. Uh, you know, what were your expectations going in? Um, honestly, uh, I planned on making the main, I, uh, qualifying was all right. I'm even this outdoors last year. I wasn't really the greatest qualifier. And mm-hmm. then going in, my expectation was definitely to make the main. I put in a lot of work this off season with, uh, Jeannie down at the goat farm. And, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I was ready. I still am ready. And this weekend, that's where I, that's where I plan to be is in that main and, uh, in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we just ran into a little mishaps in the, the heat race. That was my fault. And then the LCQ, I went down with another pile up and went to last and Dude, that just LC- ran into a, Go ahead. This ran into a few little things that the heat race was all in my control. What, what happened within the LCQ just ran into a few little things, wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. Yeah. That LCQ was like insane watching it on TV. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't really get the greatest start, so I had no idea what, uh, was going on up there. And cause I wasn't up in the mix early in the race when all was happening, but I rewatched it actually on the, the long drive home. And, yeah. yeah. It was, it was hectic for sure. Yeah. I, I texted Lane Shaw that evening. I was like, dude, are you okay? And, and like my buddy, John short, didn't even make the program. He had some bike problems and just stuff going crazy just everywhere. I mean, it was, it, yeah, nuts, man. It's, I do not, um, envy you guys being in an lcq at all yeah uh that was my my dad texted me for the night show because he wasn't able to make it and he was like whatever you need to do just you know get in through that heat race <laughs> yeah it's be hectic and... it just didn't work out but well t- tell talk to us about um training with Jeannie down at the goat farm i mean it's you know hey it's a pretty historical place at this point she's known to be um hardcore man what's that like yeah, she's definitely intense, and, you know, she don't take no excuses whether you're having an off day or you're having the greatest day. You know, she's she's still hard on you, and, you know, it's it's pretty surreal pulling in because, you know, the work that Ricky was able to do there is, is pretty insane, honestly, when you mm-hmm. hear the stories. And, and I don't think anybody really could do what he did with the amount of laps that she had him do during the week before races and stuff. It's It's pretty, like, unreal, actually. And, but it's definitely cool being down there with all, like, Mark, uh, Davalos is there, Savachi Covington's there now, and just riding with those guys every day, you know, it's kind of hard to beat. Yeah, so what kind of things are you picking up being able to be out there with that, that caliber of rider? Um, honestly, we work a lot on, like, accountability, and, you know, it's actually pretty good to see Martin ride because 
he uh his form and you know what he does on a dirt bike is it's honestly like during the week it's perfect it's, no one really has as good i don't think i've ever seen anybody ride with as good form as him so i get to you know watch him and just pick up on the little things you know that you know martin's always there when i have to ask him a question he gives me a good answer oh, and cool just the little things when you're around you know that type of thing and ricky too you know whatever whatever i need whatever i ask ricky he's right there with a good answer and you know that's just stuff like that just having people with the people that have been through it they know like what i'm how their first supercross season was for them yeah. so whatever i'm feeling i just ask them and then you know they give me good good uh answers that's fantastic man i'm, I'm happy to hear that um so tell me something when you first started doing supercross training what was something that you really really struggled at that you feel like you've improved the most on um probably the just the straight raw like just a raw speed um you really whether it's in between transitions or just come into a turn every little bit counts mm -hmm. and uh with it being such short lap times you literally you know if you can hold it on for a second longer or you know you can just push through the transition even if it takes a little more energy you know it's going to be faster i kind of struggled with that at the beginning okay. i'm bigger so i was always I'm bigger, so I was always pretty good in the whoops, like starting out, and then I've gotten better in the whoops now. But um, yeah, just you know, the little intensity around the whole track, the whole lap, and every lap of whatever motor you're doing. Yeah, I, I've never rode supercross. I certainly don't have that kind of ability, but it definitely seems like you know you have to be on it. Like there's no t chance to really step back and take a breath. It doesn't seem like like an outdoors. Yeah, no, not at all. And, the track we have here is actually, um, it's, it's pretty gnarly. So there's not really a lot of break, uh, breaks. So we, we have two sets of whoops and nice. you know, people say oh, two, two sets of whoops. is not like whatever, but you know, an extra set of whoops on a, on a track and you're doing 20 lappers, it, it all adds up. Like I know going to the track this weekend and we all walked in and stuff. And I was like, man, it looks pretty easy compared to what we've been <laughs> riding. And that yeah. was, so, so that's good. Uh, now I've asked the other guys we've had on tonight. We talked to Jordan Smith a little while ago and we had Tyler Entingnap. Um, kind of a big difference in the dirt going from Minneapolis to Dallas. Um, Dallas is, I mean, it gets to be like concrete sometimes in the fast line. Are you very comfortable on that kind of dry slick stuff? Yeah. So down here in Georgia, mm. it's, it's just red clay. So right. we ride on that. You know, we start the week with the, you know, our track on Monday is a full, full prep and then it doesn't really get touched and let's, there's something dangerous that we uh, fix. So it gets pretty, it's pretty hard packed at the end of the week. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, yeah, this track this past week, and it got soft over, over time. Cause mm -hmm. I don't think they use lime with the situation last week. No, the, the word is that they're not going to use lime at all anymore, at least for a little while. It's, it's until they figure some things out. That's at least, it's what I heard on pulp, you know, is that they were going to completely stop using lime. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be interesting when we get to a few of those, those rounds. And the, like, I know the one up in MetLife, that could be interesting there. Yeah, Detroit was the one that he kept, that Mathis kept talking about that was really significant. You know, I, and I've done con construction work and concrete work, and man, we use lime all the time when it w was wet. But I, I really do think it came down to it being in that standing water and everybody getting splashed. That's really where the significant burns came from. You know, just put it down on a, if you put, if they put it down on a Thursday on a moist track, it's really generally not going to hurt anybody too much, but they'll figure it out. 
Yeah, for sure. They never had a problem with it in the past, and then only time they have a problem with it is when uh, they're standing water on the track. So yeah, I, I mean think that's the that's the main issue. The corrosive damage it does to the bikes, you know, that's that's unfortunate. I I, I don't know. I'm sure Feld will figure it out. Like everybody says, they didn't they didn't do it on purpose. It's been a big deal, and I understand with the injuries and and all that. But it you know they'll figure it out, and and Feld will make it better. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so going into Dallas, man, you, like I said, your main event is your goal. Um, you got a, like a top 15 or do you just, right now the goal is to make the main? Well, so last weekend, my goal was to just make the main and then build from there. And I'm able to, or unfortunately I came up short doing that. So going into this weekend, I'm just, you know, going to put myself in the main and then in the following rounds, we'll start putting an expectation on things. But okay. I need to get that first, that first step done. Sure. Um, man, my mind just went blank. I was going to, Oh, um, lining up next to those guys. Now I know you did a bunch of the, the, the nationals and stuff, but when you line up next to, uh, you know, whether it be a Zach Osborne or just a, one of those elite type of guys, do you feel any, um, like, Oh wow, I can't believe I'm here. Or is it just another guy and, and it, you don't really put them on a pedestal? Um, so the first pro race I ever did, it kind of was like that. I mean, I think if anybody says any different, they'd be lying. Mm-hmm. But like last year, I was fortunate to ride with Justin Barsha a lot. And this year, being at the farm, riding with Martine and Joey and, you know, being around Ricky all the time, I think it's kind of, to me, it's more natural. But okay. I still feel if uh, if somebody wasn't, if you're just training by yourself or like at your house or whatever, and then <laughs> Show you, know, you go to the race. Yeah, you just show up. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's surreal. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I, that'd be tough, man. I mean, it's, you guys have to be in the right mindset. And I mean, clearly you're there and Jeannie's been helping you get there. Um, who else has been helping you out this season with getting the super crosses and uh, sponsors? Um, honestly, it's just, you know, my dad, he, he does basically everything, funds it all. And then I got uh, two big sponsors, the TCD Racing and Fly Racing. They, they are, you know, I've been with Fly for a while from BMX, and then mm-hmm. TCD takes care of my suspension and and stuff like that. And Tim actually flew out to the race this weekend to be with me and just make sure everything was still good and all that. And then like Twisted Development Engine and uh, Sandbox Teams Graphics and okay. Van Shoes are actually the main my main sponsors. Cool. Um, so did you get the new uh, Fly Formula helmet yet? I did not. Okay. I, I don't have one yet either, but I was just talking to Tyler about it. I, I, um, I can't wait to get my hands on one of those. Yeah. Those things look good, huh? Yeah. They're, they're pretty awesome. The technology man is, uh, second to none right now. I think it's going to be the way to go. So as soon as they're available, yeah, you got to get your hands on one. Yes, for sure. Well, TJ, man, um, it was really great talking to you and I can't wait to see you this weekend. Um, hopefully I'll get to see you make your first main event. Yes, sir. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on. Absolutely. I'll come find you this weekend. We'll do something trackside. We'll do a little uh, interview at the track. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it all. Okay, TJ, man. You have a good night. See you this weekend, bud. All right. You too. Right. Bye. See you. Like I said, that's TJ Albright, privateer. Uh, another one of those guys, man. You got to support him. Maybe a good pick coming up in fantasy, man. He uh, he definitely has his goals. He He's confident. Um, Probably a pretty good pick. I may have to put him on my team this week. No, don't anybody else follow me though, because I want to be. Uh, I need. I need to win one of these. All right, one more break. Last guest of the night coming up.
Next up on the phone, brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. On the line with us is a uh, former privateer, Briar Perry, also owner of 180 Decals. What's up, Briar? How's it going? Going good, man. So, um, got hooked up with you, you know, got got kind of told a little bit about you, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then I come to find out you're up in Red Bluff, huh? Yep, we up uh, pretty much Oregon for the most part, but uh, yeah, a couple hours above Sacramento. Um, yeah, we just keep it uh keep it local up there. There's no real reason to be around, you know, most of our stuff's on online. So yeah. we can do it wherever we need. Well, I I went back and uh looked, man, it looks like from two thousand eighteen to two thousand sixteen you did a bunch of pro racing. Um, you know, how'd that go? How was that? How did you get into the sport and you know, what made you decide to go pro? Uh well got into it for my dad. He always used to race and uh just kinda got us into it, me and my sister. But uh yeah, just kinda I don't know, just uh, just riding over the years and kind of got better. But uh, for the most part, for yeah, like sixteen and seventeen are probably my best years racing. I actually started racing in two thousand eight, but uh, okay, had a lot of injuries and stuff. But uh, yeah, sixteen and seventeen, I did quite a few, and uh, it went okay. It was uh, more of a hobby because I wasn't, you know, making money at it, but still trying to do the business and race was pretty stressful. So that was <laughs> kind of why I didn't, didn't do any more. But yeah, um, definitely fun. You know, it's got so many memories met so many people it's definitely an experience so it's it's definitely i say this all the time it's a major family sport whether it be your immediate family or the people you just hang out with the track become your family i don't think there's anything else like it 100 percent. yeah i don't i haven't found anything like it it's uh it's pretty crazy you know see all the, like look back now so many people i've met since 2008 it's like overwhelming i can go to pretty much any a lot of the cities of the u.s and be like all right well i know someone here i can yeah. stay with them you know? right so what you know like i look like a lot of your results were mid-30s in the outdoor nationals um insanely respectable dude i mean i could never be fast enough to make a, a national to begin with um you know was there ever a point where you thought well okay let's let's try to go to one of these training camps you know and get better or, or was this really just it, like you say, it was a hobby and it was for fun and just to see where you were at. Yeah, I mean, I, I take it seriously, but uh, yeah, I would have, I would have liked to go. I mean, just with work and everything, it was, I was kind of needed to be somewhat near, um, near the home base. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It kind of got stressful trying to race and uh, race and do work, but uh, I tried to, you know, do the best I could. It was just. Uh, yeah. Hey, your your phone got kind of uh, it got you said it's like a bad signal right now or something. You there? Yeah. There we go. Um, okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So what what were some things like? Look, man, I I've been to a couple nationals, but give us our listeners like like what it's like being out there with the the best riders, some of the best athletes in the world for you know it's just some of the most intense racing. What's that like as a privateer? Uh, you know, lining up with, like I said, those top guys and then just putting everything you have into it physically, mentally. Yeah, the, the main thing, like, at a pro national is it's so stressful just trying to make it into the show for mm-hmm. someone, obviously, like myself, who's not consistently making it in. So I would, I would make some here and there, and, I, you know, I'd make a couple, miss a couple, but 
trying to make it in. LCQ is like, that's a death race. Yeah, I hated those. <laughs> but, uh, no, and then, like, lining up, it's, you know, you see all these guys, you know, growing up or they've been racing with that are in the magazines and stuff, and you're lining up next to them. Or, it's not even stressful, but you got to, you know, put it aside and try and race. Um, it's a cool, you know, it's a cool feeling being the parade. I think the parade laps for me was always the coolest thing, just, you know, being in the show and yeah. you know, like, high-fiving everyone. And, um, but, yeah, you put a lot. Looking back, I don't really, I think, like, I've worked so much now. I'm like, how did I race, ride, train, like, do all that? But I somehow made it work. I have no idea. I was, like, traveling to the races myself. Oh, wow. Uh, just, uh, I didn't really even have a mechanic because most of the time I was staying with buddies. So it's, like, it's just easier if it's yourself, you know, staying yeah. with someone's house rather than me and a mechanic. So, you know, I'll do that. And I travel one year at 17. I traveled to, I think, six or seven. I'm just by myself. Okay. And it, it was, like, I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to try and, I think, or that was 16, 17. I had like, uh, put my bike on with like Jimmy Albertson yeah. and his team. And I was able to like fly to some, so that was a lot better. But, uh, no, I gave a props to any, even a privateer that's, you know, not even working. It's a full, it's a full-time gig. Just, you know, racing yourself. Yeah, you hear about these kids, like you say, they're either working during the week or going to school during the week, and, and, and there's not a lot of money in it, you know, other than the top few guys, especially in outdoors. Purse isn't great. Um, you know, it has to be for the love of it. There, There's no other reason to drive across country, like you say, by yourself, wrench on your bike, you know, 100 degrees most of the time, and and for what, you know, other than the love of just being out there and doing it, competing. Yeah, the love of the sport, that's what it was. I was always, you know, searching for that top 20 finish. I yeah. never, never got a top 20. I think the best I ever do is a 23rd uh, in the moto. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's uh, it's for the long haul, you know. It's not for, for the faint-hearted. So. No, no, definitely not. So, like I said, you're on the West Coast. Where where did you grow up? Uh, same around the same in Reading, Reading, Red Bluff area. Um, we lived in a couple different places, but yeah, I was been in the Montreal guys. So. Okay, so how old are you? Uh, right now, I just turned thirty in October. So okay, um, yeah. So you're. I, I was there. Like I said, I think I told you in a text. My mom was born and raised in Red Bluff. Um, I'm a military okay. kid, so I've been all over. But I lived in Las Molinas for a little bit, and then I went to Bidwell and Jackson Heights there in Red Bluff. And um, okay. yeah, yeah, so I, local yeah, yeah. So I mean, I we weren't there very long, probably maybe a year, if that, before we got transferred to Hawaii. But, man, I, I saw a family in, in Red Bluff, a lot of family, actually. And I guess there's a track out there now, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, well, not think. I know it's uh, Kinzer, Kinzer Endicott. He actually races quite too. His, uh, his dad and him kind of run, run this place. Yeah, okay. It's a cool place just to go ride, and they have a couple different tracks out there. So Okay. What what is the moto scene like up north in Redding and Red Bluff and that you know Southern Oregon? I guess what's it like up there? I mean, there's a lot of people that ride. You know, we get you know a lot of horse graphics up there, and it's, mm-hmm. I wish there was something closer. I mean, there is that track in Red Bluff we're talking about, but it's not like a like a hang town or anything like a big track. Yeah, um, the closest like prepped regularly prepped track would be there's a track in Chico that does like weekends, but uh, Marysville, which is like two hours away. Okay. It's kind of people drive, or they'll uh, most people just do like trail riding and stuff. So, do you get um, to get out? Or to the... they have private tracks. Oh, okay. Do you do you get to get out and do some riding still? Yeah, I still ride. I have a I bought an L five two two stroke, and uh, kind of fixing it up as I go along. And 
I just have fun on that, you know. I don't, yeah. Uh, my favorite, my favorite bikes to ride was the uh, like a mod 250s, but it's just too much upkeep. So yeah, no doubt, too, too stroke, and I have fun on the weekend. I go trail, I trail ride now. It's uh, branching out, doing other things, so it's kind of fun. Right. Well, tell me a little bit about the business. It's 180 decals, correct? Yep, correct. And, and I, I'm assuming that's uh-huh. bike graphics and any pretty much any kind of decals you want. Yeah, pretty much anything. I mean, obviously bike dirt bike decals, but uh, we can do you know one-off stickers or any business stickers, or even do logo designs as well. So, but yeah. um, the dirt bike stuff keeps us busy. So cool. How did you get involved in that to begin with? Well, it's kind of a, a funny story. But I tell people this, and it's kind of hard to believe. At some kind of so it's with my dad. I was me and my dad when I was fourteen. Um, I don't even know why we got this idea to start a business. It wasn't like he, he didn't go to school. He didn't have any degrees or anything. We didn't have a business plan even. I've always been kind of artistic drawing and stuff. And he was kind of the same and kind of got this idea to start a business. And, uh, he, was, he took out his 401k, all his savings, bought a, bought the machines we needed. Wow. And it just kind of, kind of took off from there. I made, you know, my own graphics and a couple of buddies and around NorCal. Mm-hmm. Kind of took off. It was, kind of surprising like what what dad thinks that their 14 year old son don't work <laughs> yeah that's... i don't i mean we took a one, one day class out of and you know kind of figured it out from there but like i said it's kind of it's kind of happening you know? i don't didn't really have a it was never like yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna have a business gonna be good we just kind of bought the machines and went for it so Wow, that's yeah. My dad did some sign work for a while, so he he did you know like die cut graphics or whatever. And man, learning those those graphic design programs and stuff like it's it's not easy. No, and uh, like I said, me being fourteen, he was like, "Are you sure you're gonna do this?" I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Of course. <laughs> and it was like I got the the run of the mill on the on the design program, and I'm like trying to take down notes, and I was like, "Geez, I don't know if I can do this." And, I mean, I caught on quick, but. It's kind of the one thing I guess it's meant to be because it definitely worked out. So. Yeah, that's really impressive, man. I mean, it says a lot about your personality and your drive, man. At 14, most kids, yeah, you say yeah, and then like four days later, you're I'm over it. I want to do something else. So it's pretty exactly. impressive. Most, some most kids are. That's how, I mean, obviously I was like that in other things, but it just kind of stuck. And it got hard with like uh, trying to go to school for obviously like a regular kid. Yeah. At, at one point, it just got too much, and we were doing independent study and then that got too much and then we went to high school and like the schools weren't really wanting to work with us and telling us we shouldn't have a business at 14 and <laughs> I don't know I mean it just it all kind of worked out though so I'm super glad I mean I'm appreciative of you know instead of him giving you know paying for my college or anything he uh, bought me a business so that's awesome good for you man yeah. so hey before I let you go um Supercross man I'm sure you follow it it's been a pretty exciting yeah. year, dude. I mean, everybody's close in points. Uh, obviously, the East Coast just kicked off. But what are your thoughts on on what's going on so far this season? And like, who's your pick for the championship in both classes? Yeah, I've been. Su- it's been super hard. Like, I've never seen uh, it start off where the 450 class has this many different winners. Right. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. So, I mean, I'm still. I'm always a Tomac guy, so I feel like Tomac's going to get on a groove and win this thing. I mean, that's what I want. That's what I feel like. But, okay. Um, it's not hanging on side pole for, like, Roxon. Um, and then, in the, like, the East Coast Championship, I'm, I mean, Alex Martin's one of my good buddies, so I'm, like, I'm pulling for him. Nice. We had, um, we had Alex on that, last week. 
Oh, cool, yeah. So I've got the fast guys. Obviously, I think maybe Forkner got them in a little bit of speed. Um, but no, I just I'd like to see Alex win it. It'd be such a cool story. But uh, and then West Coast, it's the same thing. There's so many different guys. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> the crapshoot. I think it's AC's year, man. I think he's got it figured out. Um, but but it it wouldn't take much for it to fall apart. Like you say, everybody's right there. Dylan's got to get him a win eventually. I mean, he's got the speed. Just got to get some starts. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting going into a race as a fan every week, and I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. No, that's what's that's what's cool. And like you see on all the forums, like everyone's complaining about their fantasy teams and that stuff. It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a tough year for the fantasy players and the riders. <laughs> that, that's me. Yeah, I, I've I actually had a really good week this last weekend. I, I won my one of my leagues, so I was pretty happy. That's cool. Yeah, I've actually first year I've actually played some fantasy, so I'm kind of right there. Which which league are you playing? Uh the RM Fantasy one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't ever do good in that one. And and my pro, I talked to Brian Kranz last night. I was like, every week I pick Eli to win, and so he's like, well, try, let's not pick him this week and see if that helps. So I'm gonna, and he will win that weekend. Yeah, so I'll be at Dallas this weekend. I'm gonna pick him probably like third just to see what happens. Yeah, it's a crapshoot, man. It is, it is, but it's exciting, and like I said, as a fan, it's it's one of the best years so far. You know, you just it's it's awesome. I love it. Cooper Webb is. I don't know why I'm so surprised. I mean, obviously, he has all the talent in the world, and he's putting it together. Oh, me too. I'm surprised at that, and uh, even like this this weekend, last weekend with uh, like Jordan Smith surprised me. I didn't think he would uh, I mean, crash and came back to the pack again, passed all those guys twice. And yeah, that was surprising to me. Yeah, I just got off the phone with him a little bit ago. He was our first guest of the night, and, and I, we talked about that. Like everybody's kind of surprised, but when you go back and look, I mean, he finished second points last year. I think he was eleven behind Zach, and the year before before that, he finished fourth, but he was only like nine points out of the championship, and that just fell apart at Vegas that year. I mean, the guy really like we forget how good he is and how cl- close he's come. We do. I mean, everyone says it only good as the last race, but I guess that's true. We, we forget super easy. You know? Yeah. Well, Bri- man, it was really great talking to you, Briar, and uh, you know, getting to know you a little bit. And um, man, hopefully, if I get out there on the West Coast, and at some point, I got to go see some of my family up there in Red Bluff. I'll have to holler at you. Maybe we can go do some laps or something. Heck yeah, for sure. That's the reason for me. So. All right, man. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Great getting to talk to you for a few minutes and getting to know you. Uh, you have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. I mean, I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, bud. Thanks. Right. Briar Perry, um, like clearly, you know, we have a, a MX Girl Designs as our graphics company. But if you're out there in the West Coast, man, and you're up, especially in Northwest California, um, check out check out 180 decals. Briar sounds like a rad dude. Um, I'm sure, you know, I, I he, hell, check him out. You might well try to get away from some of the, the, the big boys, you know, the, the, the big companies that – Go with some of these guys that are involved in the sport every day, you know, privateers and local riders. If you can support your local businesses, do it. So thanks. Great show. Um, episode 112. I'm ready to go get some food. So uh, thanks to Jordan Smith, Tyler Antonap, TJ Albright, Briar Perry, uh, DJ TJ for coming on for a little bit. Thanks to everybody for listening. Yeah, no contest this week. I uh, didn't have anything lined up. We're going to do another one next week. And the one, whatever we do next week, we're going to drag it out for a couple of weeks to let everybody get involved. So try to download these shows as soon as we post them. Get them listened to. Get in on the contests. It's always a good chance to win some cool stuff. Um, as always, please, if you can, support us on patreon.com. 
Uh, go to our website, motoxpodshow.com. Check that out. Uh, what else? Let's see. Shit, I don't know. I guess that's it right now. That's all I got. Uh, again, all our, all our sponsors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, Allsport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, and Works Wheels and Mods. All right, that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. See ya. <laughs>